0: The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.
1: The auction industry can be an exciting and fast-paced way that Americans and the world can convert desired items into cash. But if you don't know how it all works, it can become quite confusing. Welcome to Ed Spencer's American Auction View. In this program, you will learn how merchandisers, attorneys, estate executors, retail outlets, and the general public are using the auction system to their benefit. And you'll find out how it all works. Now, here is Ed Spencer with co host Luke Spencer.
2: Hello, everyone. Uh, Welcome this evening. Uh, Welcome to our show, Ed Spencer's American Auction View. I am Ed Spencer, and with me is. I am Luke Spencer and uh, we're uh, welcome uh, we're uh, look forward to uh, the show this evening and glad you're, you're tuned in with us uh, i'll throw the number out there if you have any questions at any time throughout the show you're welcome to call in and, uh, and ask the question uh, 866-472-5790 is the number 866-472-5790 we, love, we welcome your call welcome your uh, comment and a question and, uh, and look forward to that. Uh, I, uh, last week, we went through kind of the history of auctions a, few, uh, a little bit and kind of some different things that uh, we thought would kind of, it might have been just a little dry, but it kind of set the tone for what auctions are and how they've evolved throughout the years. And, and uh, I guess the, in the summary, auctions have been around probably longer than anyone can remember. And almost anything and everything you can imagine has been sold at auction, and uh, today is no exception. Everything's, uh, everything, well, everything. Most things are sold at auction, and and the auctions establish uh, true true price discovery, and make a market. And in many many items here today, I thought maybe this show a little bit we'd kind of come up with a few things that are kind of interesting about uh, expensive items that uh, that's that have sold in the past and everybody has a story i remember that a, a person would find a, a rembrandt at a at a uh, garage sale or something and turn out to be very valuable and things like that, that does nothing like that has ever happened to me or anybody i know but i have heard it happening and it's kind of and i think that's what kind of people are always on the look outlook for something that's uh Valuable and new and interesting, but I've got a few of the items here today that are that are uh, the most expensive items in their class to sell at auction. And I thought I'd go through a few of these are kind of interesting. Uh, the most expensive painting ever sold was a Pablo Picasso nude green leaf bust, and uh, it sold in in 2010, and it brought 106.5 million dollars. So it was uh, it was uh, on May fourth, of 2010. The Christie's auction house, which is a very very uh, well known auction house, sold the, sold it, and uh, it was uh, obviously 106.5 million. And uh, everybody remembers that. The uh, previous record for a piece before that was a was 104.3 million for a sculpture, a, a Giacometti sculpture called Walking Man. And that was a 104.3 million dollar record, and that lasted until uh, 2010 on May the 4th, when 106.5 million was paid for this uh, Picasso painting. So I think that's kind of that's kind of neat and interesting. Uh, next item I've got what is uh, in the item in the uh, <clears throat> most most expensive piece of clothing, which uh, you don't a lot of times on on auctions you will sell clothing. Uh, a lot of times you'll sell vintage clothing. Uh, uh, uniforms uh, are very, very popular, and uh, and they're, they they bring money. And sometimes vintage uh, clothing from the twenties and thirties and that are sold. But uh, this one happens to be a Marilyn Monroe's "Happy Birthday, Mr. President" dress. Kind of interesting. Winning bid one million two hundred and sixty-seven thousand five hundred dollars. It sold in nineteen ninety nine, and it was the dress that. Uh, Happy uh, happy birthday dress that uh, Marilyn Monroe used to serenade uh, President John F Kennedy on May the nineteenth of nineteen sixty two, and uh, I guess it was a, a dress that was obviously very uh, eye catching and appealing. It was uh, it was encrusted with jewels and very nice and obviously one of a kind and. Uh, uh, the, the dress originally cost is interesting too. When when she uh, had it made for herself, it was a $12,000 dress. Pretty good return of $1,267,500 sold in 1999. What do you think of that, Luke? Pretty, pretty expensive. Yeah.
3: You're
2: not going to bid on anything like that for your wife, no, right? I don't think so. Uh, don't probably think passed. So. Okay. okay, next uh, we come into a most expensive manuscript. And this uh, this category has a manuscript. It was a item by Leonardo da Vinci, uh, Codex Hammer. It was called the winning bid. This it was sold in 1994, and uh, the winning bid was 30 million eight hundred two thousand five hundred dollars for a 72 page journal, and uh, it was purchased by Bill Gates. And uh, Obviously, I think he could afford that. Probably. Yeah, I think he a few. Of them. Yeah, he could have a few of those manuscripts. But it was a winning bid was thirty million eight hundred two thousand five hundred dollars. And uh, after he bought it, he did a very something very very nice. He scanned it and uh, made a digital version available to the whole world. So, yeah, he did uh, pass pass that on. And, uh, but that was the most expensive manuscript by Leonardo da Vinci, thirty million eight hundred two thousand five hundred dollars in nineteen ninety four. Next uh, is uh, ten uh, top most expensive auction items, and this is inter- it is for me because through my, throughout my career selling antique auctions and things, every once in a while you run into two uh, uh, violins, and it's always been kind of a standing joke. If you see an old violin, you ask, "Is is that a Stradivarius?" And you've always heard that those were uh, the most expensive violins in the world, and and if you never found one, there has been stories of, where people have found one in an old attic or passed down from fa- in the family that it was made by uh, Stradivarius. And so everybody always thought that, that those were the most expensive violins in the world. Well, this story here proves a little different. It was uh, this item. Uh, it was a violin, and it sold in two thousand seven, and uh, it was it was made it wasn't made by Stradivarius. It was made by I don't, I won't pronounce it right, but it's, uh, the last name was Giraniri. And, uh, he was the grandson, he was made by him, he was the grandson of one of Stradivarius's apprentices. And a 250-year-old violin, and there's only one of 250 instruments that survive today, and that sold for 3.9 million. And that was, uh, sold in, uh, 2007, and it was purchased by a Russian lawyer. And, uh, after he purchased it, it was played for the first time in 70 years. Uh, and uh, so anyway, that's that's kind of neat. But that's the most expensive violin ever sold, $3.9 million in, in 2007. What makes this kind of interesting, you know, these dates, you know, it, it, they're not so far in the past. So it's uh, supposed to show you that, you know, things are still uh, going very popular and can bring a lot of money. The next one here is... Uh, Chime in anytime, Luke. If you got something. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm good. I'm uh, listening. I'm are learning you? too. Are you? Yep. Good. All right. Anyway, the most expensive lock of hair, and I you can somebody can probably guess this. Did you already read my? Yeah. I kind of guess Elvis. Oh, that's just an off-the-cuff guess. The
3: off-the-cuff guess.
2: <laughs> well, the off-the-cuff guess was right. So it, the most expensive lock of hair come from uh, Elvis Presley, and it sold in 2002, and. Uh, Anyway, it brought uh, 115,000, and so that uh, I don't know didn't I don't know if, it, if my research shows who bought it or not. But but it's so uh, the next uh, another one a lock of hair from John Lennon brought 48,000, from John Kennedy bought brought, brought uh, 3,000, and Beethoven brought uh, 7,300. So Elvis uh, again, obviously Elvis still popular today, and his his hair still worth money. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, next one that's kind of popular uh, is uh, the most expensive car uh, It uh, and a lot of people relate to this because we uh, talked about it in our first show and I'll have a guest on that's a, that's a world champion, well in fact my, uh, he's a friend of mine, personal friend of mine and he was a world champion auctioneer, car auctioneer in 2011, he'll be a guest on the show here in one of the upcoming episodes here. And uh, he's a very, very good auctioneer, and, and, and a lot of stories nice to listen to. But but this item here is the most expensive car ever sold. It was a 1957 Ferrari 250 Testarossa. And uh, it sold in 2009, and there are only 21 other cars like it. Uh, it but uh, this one brought uh, $12.2 million. And uh, so it, that... Uh, it's quite here's a picture of it on my research. We dug up a picture of it, and in uh, that uh, as I said, only 21 other cars like it. It won a lot of races. Uh, how, however, this particular car, there was several other cars like it that won races. This particular one uh, never finished any, any better better than fourth. But it brought 12.2 million in uh, 2009. Okay, and uh, next is a. Uh, most expensive furniture ever sold, and uh, uh, I guess it has, it's a Florentine ebony chest inlaid with amethyst quartz, and uh, it brought uh, in an auction in 2004 at Christie's again. Uh, Christie's is an auction house, as we discussed last time in England. It brought uh, $36 and in, uh, in, which is a pretty good price for a, a piece of furniture. And it it uh, was was uh, the let's see, It sold to billionaire uh, Barbara Johnson, and she's of the Johnson and Johnson fortune. Uh, previously, it sold for sixteen point five nine million. Is what she gave for it, and she resold it for thirty six million. And uh, I'm sure she was glad to have the profit. Yeah, pretty good <laughs> turnaround. Yeah. Anyway, uh, and then the person that bought it uh, was from. Uh, Lichtenstein, and he donated to the Lichtenstein Museum in uh, Austria. So that's kind of neat. Beautiful picture of that. And uh, so that brings us to something that uh, everybody likes: is diamonds. <clears throat> diamonds. Uh, the most expensive diamond ever sold uh, was a 23.4 million dollar diamond. It's called the Whistle uh, Whittle'sback Whittle'sback Diamond. 23.4 million dollars. It sold in 2008. It was 35.56 carats, and it's a blue diamond. It dated back to the 17th century, and it had quite a quite a history. And uh, a private collector purchased it in uh, 1964 and sold it in 2008 for 23.4 million. Beautiful picture of that, and and uh, and that's something that everybody always talks about is diamonds and things like that. So anyway, that's a few things. I don't know if we've got any more to talk about here or not. We're getting ready for a break here, I believe, in a little bit. And then we'll go through a few more things in that regard,
3: and then we'll bring up some other items here. All right, now we're going to go to break here. Thank you.
4: comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network.
0: If you want to know about investing in emerging and frontier markets or if you have experience in this field but still need to know more, Tune in to Emerging and Frontier Markets Investing with Gavin Graham. Gavin explores news, current trends, and insights about both categories of investing. His guest experts, along with his own knowledge, will help you stay above the line when it comes to growth potential, whether in funds or equities. He will look at what to invest in and avoid. Tune in to Emerging and Frontier Markets Investing with Gavin Graham every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific. Time on the Voice America Business Channel. How is your plan going? Could you use a little help on your path to success? Why not step up and play big? Join host Chris Ruisi for a show that will help you identify the possibilities that await you. Too many people succumb to just being average when they could be exceeding average without too much more effort. It's time for you to become exceptional. Raise the bar to your success. Basically, it's time for you to step up and play big. Join Chris Ruisi every Wednesday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel.
4: are
1: listening to ed spencer's american auction view to reach the show today call in to 1-866-472-5790 again that's 1-866-472-5790 you may also send an email to jana at ed that's j-a-i-n-a at ed and she'll make sure you have an answer as soon as possible now back to ed spencer and luke spencer
2: uh, welcome back, everyone. We're back, and in, as uh, in the first segment, we went through uh, some different items, and they were kind of the most expensive items that sold in their own respective category. Uh, another item that uh, is, is very, very popular and uh, is uh, sports memorabilia items. And when everyone thinks of sports memorabilia items, you think of baseballs and and footballs that were. That were used in in, uh, in big games and historic games by historic uh, athletes. Uh, one of the ones that uh, they say the most expensive sports memorabilia piece to have sold was uh, was when Mark McGuire hit his 70th home run baseball, and uh, it, it sold in 1999 and it sold for three million dollars. What uh, in uh, when it said. And he he truly was, I guess, one of the best hitters ever. Uh, Mark McGuire when he came to bat, he had the mo- the best at bats for home run ratio in the history of baseball at ten point six one, and that compared to Babe Bruce eleven point eight. So, anyway, that's ca- kind of that's kind of neat. The the uh, some other they brought uh, three million dollars and and the mat. Gentleman that bought it. He had also a collection of nine other SOsa and McGuire baseballs from the 1998 season. That was the year that McGuire and, and SOsa meddled it out for a home run chan- or yeah, home run title or the most home runs, I guess in a season. And, uh, and in 2003 he purchased a Barry Bond uh, home run, the same gentleman uh, purchased a, a Barry Bond uh, home run baseball, the 73rd home run baseball. And, that he, and he paid 450000 for that. So that that was, that was kind of quite a little bit under the market than the, than the uh, Martin McGuire's baseball. Next thing, I guess, that, anyway, I thought that was kind of interesting. I hope he kind of found it interesting and different things that have uh, sold and the prices of things have sold. And then it just goes to show you, you know, in a collector, you never know. I, the value is in the eye of the beholder. You know uh, what makes a baseball worth three million dollars? What makes a dress worth a worth hundred and some million? What makes a car worth twelve million? Well, there again, it, it's demand. And and when something goes at auction, there's a the demand is the factor is the factor. It's what makes one bidder bid more than the next until finally one gives up and decides that that, that next winning bid or that next bid increment higher just isn't worth it. And so when you when you buy something in auction, it's kind of interesting and it's, in the, it's there's a lot of psychology involved. but what but when you stop and think about it, when you act when you're the winning bidder on any item, and this is true in auctions, whether it be a, a household auction, a, a sports memorabilia auction, a high class start when you when you become the bidder of that item, you have given more than anyone else wanted to give. so, Basically, everyone else questions your judgment, but but uh, so you give you do the best you, you think you think it's worth that it's worth that to you. So obviously, when you get everyday items or normal items or things that have significance, just because how they were used, you know, a baseball is a baseball,
5: but it happened
2: to be struck that day by Mark McGuire, and it happened to to be a home run, and that's what made it valuable. So, a collector that obviously is is not really, really concerned about money, uh, and several collectors, they'll, they'll compete for those items, different things to add their, to their collection, and we've just shown, uh, shown the examples of how, you know, they can be, uh, you know, they can be worth money, a lot of money. Uh, the the, the uh, Here, I guess, my, uh, Luke just handed me a little
3: note here, the most, go ahead, but that's, Gene uh, is doing some research for us too, uh, so we have some more topics to talk about. Um, came up with the most expensive uh, cow, and her name was it was the Ponca cow named Missy, at uh, 1.2 million. Uh, I would say in Toronto, Elite Dairy Genetics. And when um, these cows here, and of course she was, I don't know what breed of uh, milk cow she was. I imagine she's probably a Holstein. Um, anyways, she gave milk. Yeah, she gave milk, and when it, and Ed and I know quite a bit about livestock and genetics, and I'm in the been in the show cattle business, and um, we've seen you know bulls and cows and steers bring way more money than what you see that comes on the regular market on regular sale barns. Um, we've seen you know bulls bring forty thousand when other bulls come through the you know the regular sale barn at. 2,500 um, the reason that bull about 40,000 again the customers that day thought that bull or those genetics were going to help him out and uh, help his herd or and also be able to make money um, They'll syndicate them and, and they'll syndicate them and and now you know, they've there's a good chance they've cloned I'm now. I'm not a hundred percent sure but there's a good chance this dairy cow she has been cloned Um she can, they clone a lot of animals today, uh, especially in those livestock industry and the bulls and the, these donor cows. And they're also, um, and they also will will flush her. And when they're flushing her, they are setting this cow up, cow up and giving her um, reproductive drugs to allow her that doesn't to- doesn't sound very good. Well, am I right though? Yeah, you're right. Yeah, they, that, they are, they're giving her to- to increase her ovulation is yeah. what they're doing and so when this cow can have hundreds of this cow missy can have hundreds of calves in a lifetime yeah and that, where most cows have one uh they're they could be uh flushing this cow and uh, to yeah. get her genetics to, and, the, to it, be,
2: and that's just a good example of how things are valuable why things can be valuable right Liz? right i mean how you know uh you can turn a cow can be worth a lot of money because she's got further use. Is that what you're, yes, that's right. Yes, and uh, Luke knows a little bit about that because he's in the cattle business and does flushing and things like that. And I and I've been a livestock auctioneer all my life, so uh, that's kind of near and dear to our heart too. Uh, another thing here, we're going to talk a little bit about we, as we talked in our last show a little bit about rhythm and breathing and and how you establish a chant. Uh, we did auction schools that are all over the United States. The one that I went to was the Rice Worldwide College of Auctioneering in Mason City. And the, when, the, when you go to an auction school, they give you a general knowledge of what auctions do, and then they try to establish your chant. And um, and everybody comes up with their own chant, their own variation. I've got my own variation. Luke has his. We give a little, uh, little demonstration last week, a little bit. And we can do it again a little bit. When you, but part of the rhythm, the r- auction is, auction is a, what auctioneering is, is a rapid succession of number calling. And so when you, when you do that rapid succession of number calling, you try to do it in a rhythmic way. And, uh, and, and I had a, a friend of mine uh, tell me one time that, you know, no two auctioneers ever sound alike. And, and, and it's a good example where uh, Luke's my son, father and son, uh, we're probably got some sim- similarities in our chants, but we're not alike. And, uh, but anyway, this friend of mine that he brought out, he says, you know, he says, it's always been interesting to me when you can find a singer that can sound like another singer, but no two auctioneers sound alike. And and, and auctioneering is kind of like singing. So you take, uh, you know, your chant, you, you, you go, and it's a rapid succession. So you start at the base of it and you go $1. Everybody get $1. $2. $2. $2. $2. And a $3. The $3. 3 $3 bill and a $4. $4. $4. $4. And a $5. $5. dollars And a $6. $6. $7. $7. 3 dollars $3. and dollars $9. $9. $9. And everybody uses their own filler words. You try to fill a little loop. Like, show them how you do it.
3: And two dollar now three dollar and two now three two here but about three three but up a three three now four but a four four but a four dollar three here but up a four dollar now but a a three here now four and four but a four dollar certain but three here and four now five and four and five now but a five home but a bit five, five but a five dollar bill four here but up a five now six and five and six now six and seven six here but up a seven seven but a seven, seven dollar and sold it six dollars.
2: And so his as you see his style's a little different, rhythm's a little different mine and and everybody does what they think kind of works for them. Everybody pronounces numbers a little differently, and and uh, has a different tone, inflection, and, and 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 so that's just what makes one auctioneer sound from another one. A lot of times, in another uh, real good like livestock auctioneers in their background, there'll be a little hum. It'll be just, it'll will be almost uh, they're providing their own accompaniment, and uh, and that's always kind of fun to listen to. There's some great great livestock auctioneers in the country. The uh, LMA, the Livestock Marketing Association, uh, that that is the uh, go the 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 association that these livestock auctions belong to. They hold a contest, uh, and the contest is held. It's a, it's the uh, worldwide championship contest, and it's held in June of each year, and it's held in different auction markets all over the United States. I think this year it's going to be held in Knoxville, which is kind of close to us, and and. Uh, it's always if you ever get a chance to go listen to one, you'll listen that when they get to that far, there'll be be approximately 30 of the top auctioneers of that for that year in that competition, and absolutely some great, great, great auctioneers and good people. And it's so so if you ever uh, you know get a chance to, to attend one of those and listen to them, and you can also go to those go to the LMA, the Livestock Market Association, and buy tapes, and you can buy tapes of. auctioneers from and champions from uh, past years and and uh and and the update it's always fun to do
3: and there's also another thing i'd like to touch on there's also you know different types of auctioneers for different scenarios if you're if ed's selling a load of cows um at a livestock auction he's going to approach it different than he is if he's selling a farm um you know if he's selling a farm on a wednesday or on the next day um you know you or if you do a benefit auction, if we do, Ed and I do a lot of benefit auctions. You know, you might joke around with the crowd a little bit more on a benefit auction and maybe not go as fast and um, try to, you know, to play to the crowds a little bit. But I think on livestock and Ed knows it more than I do. He's sold more cows than I have. But he, you know, you go at a little more of a rapid pace and well, it's touch fun. on that, Ed.
2: Yeah, it's fun. And it's a uh, momentum Momentum is a is a good tool, and momentum sells. When you get a momentum going in an auction, you want to keep a momentum and and keep it. Uh, you know, you want to keep a momentum going and, and keep the interest going, and and so that's why as uh, a general is a general rule. Livestock auctions are fast and spirited, and and the auctioneer uses a different different chant. And uh, so anyway, uh, and I I touched on this last time, so I just went like a, a slow paced. Uh, Household auction, like I said, one dollar. would to get two, but to get two and three, but at one, moment three and four. If you were selling cattle, then you get a little more excited. You'd say, All right, sir. But how many four? But but about four, but a dollar, two. But about two, but a about two dollar and a quarter, quarter two, two and a quarter. The two dollar now one, two, two one now but about two but about two and two and two now but about three and three and three 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 and four. But four, four two five. nine, but nine, two nine. Sold the cattle two dollars and eight cents a pound, and uh, by the way, that you think that's a lot of money, but they're bringing that today. know yeah. so, so the, a calf today, you know, they're bringing a lot of money, and so uh, that's one of the things here in the last year or two. that was used to selling cattle for half the price they are today. Had to kind of change his chant a little bit. Had to practice for for a little bit to get going, but uh, but anyway. Uh, so anyway, that's but. <clears throat>
3: We're going to take a little break here, and uh, when we come back, we'll uh, be touched a little more on this the auction chance. Thank you very much. Don't
2: forget, yeah, don't forget before we go. Don't forget to call in if you'd like to, 866-472-5790. Thank Love you. to hear from you. Thank you.
1: you'll find the experts here voice america business network what does conscious leadership mean to you it unites organizations instead of dividing them by exploring commonly based business challenges it guarantees an increase in your bottom line tune in to minding our business creating a spiritual economy with your host nadine rogers Each week, we'll hear from business leaders and learn from their strategies. We'll talk about personal and organizational best practices that you can learn from, and we'll hear from you. Minding Our Business airs live Mondays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Business. If you want to keep up with IT thought leadership, listen to CIO Talk Radio with Joke All every Wednesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel, the bottom line in business talk. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. We're listening to Ed Spencer's American Auction View. To reach the show today, call in to 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to jana at edspencer.com. That's J-A-I-N-A at edspencer.com. And she'll make sure you have an answer as soon as possible. Now, back to Ed Spencer and Luke Spencer.
2: Welcome back. Yeah, welcome back, everyone. Uh, hope you enjoyed the first half of the show. Uh, we look forward to the second half, and 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 we do have a caller. We have a caller on the line, and uh, Paul, I believe, calling
3: from Missouri.
5: Yes. Ed, Paul, you there? I, we haven't gotten together for a long
2: time. How are you? No, oh, no, yeah, I know who this is now. It took me yeah. a while. How are well, you, Paul? If,
5: if, I, I'm one of the few that has more years experience than, than you, but you're still older. Remember that?
2: <laughs> whatever you say i understand that you would have to remind me uh, i i haven't heard from him for a long time this is paul he's a from yep. missouri he's a very experienced auctioneer and uh and been in the cattle business for many many years how are you you good
5: very well how could you be bad with the cattle business like it is i'll tell you it's, it's awful good it's really
2: great isn't it Right. It's really, really great. You remember? Well, you you know, remember? As we I said, Paul, uh, he, he's had a lot of years of experience like this, at this and, and very, very good. I was going to ask you a few background questions, and there's some of these that I don't know even about you or whatever, but how long have you been in the auction business, Paul?
5: I was eight, 18, and I'm, I hate to say it, I'm 59 once again. <laughs> 18 <laughs> when I got my license. Started when you were 18? Yes. Tell that's us how you started. I more, more, that's how I have more years than you. <laughs> <laughs> Tell uh, us how you got started. Well, my dad would take me to a sale and listen to an auctioneer named Eddie Buckner. He was the first world champion. And I always told my dad I wanted to be just like him because I bought my first calf from him.
2: Bought it from Eddie Buckner?
5: Eddie Buckner at Mexico, Missouri, the first world champion auctioneer.
2: Well, what year would that have been, Paul?
5: I believe about 1960, but oh, don't, wow. don't don't hold me to that.
2: Yeah. Was that put, that auction contest was that put yeah. on by the LMA also or?
5: Yes, that's that was the first and they have it annually and you and I have both attended and been there before. Yeah, that's true. We, that's we true. enjoy that.
2: Yeah, we yeah. That
5: together.
2: Yeah, it, it's uh it's always interesting to go. Then, then from then, did you go to auction school at all, Paul, or not? I
5: went, went to the Missouri Auction School at Kansas City, and uh, thought I knew everything when I got out, and then I found out experience is what counts. Yeah,
2: <laughs> but but it, but the but the auction school was a good kickoff point
5: oh, for you, wasn't it? Kind of. Oh yes, I I didn't I just did, just thought I knew what I was doing till I got the. Real fundamentals.
2: <laughs>
5: then, then what? What did
2: you start selling when you got out of auction school? Why'd you? Uh,
5: m- mainly benefits. That, you had to work for free, so someone would give you the experience.
2: Yeah.
5: And then, as you get the experience, in fact, I'm I'm actually doing a benefit this this Saturday night for a young man and his family, to a four year old with a terminal illness. But there's oh, over wow. 300 over 300 people going to be there.
2: So, oh wow. That's and you'll raise a lot of dollars for him, won't you? Uh,
5: we we hope so. We have a trip to Africa. Oh wow! to auction off and uh, a new deck and about a thousand other items. So it's going to be that Oh quite wow. right?
2: be Where's that going to be held at? In Kansas City or?
5: Uh, in at the Knights of Columbus. <laughs> Where, what? I better I better not put too much advertisement
2: out on the air. Okay, all right, that's all right. Okay. I'm not. Okay. Right. <laughs> anyway, so you gotta you established doing the uh, but and I did too, and Luke Luke does too. Yep. We all get started doing that, and we're doing for very worthwhile causes. We've been doing several for sports or, or well, wildlife organizations like deer and turkey and and quail right. and uh, pheasant
5: that's for that's,
3: what twenty some years.
5: Unlimited. That's unlimited. Is really a good, good yeah.
3: Yep. Nope. And there's a pretty good-sized Catholic uh, school here in Council Bluffs, Iowa, near us that we do every April with about four or five other auctioneers. They sell about 90 to 100 items, uh, ranging from mink coats to trips to Hawaii to car washes. I yeah. mean, it's, they sell it all. Yeah, but, and, you just get a lot of them like that. Now, you
2: get, what, now after you got all, out of auction school, I know your your background's in cattle and has been forever. How uh, did you get to the—your Did your, yeah. your dad, was he in the cattle business at that yeah. time?
5: Yes, he started an auction, and I, fortunately, got to begin under his uh, rough hand. <laughs> and and uh, slowly and surely, he brought me along, and like I said, experience is what really counts in, in the cattle auction business.
2: Was your dad an auctioneer, too, Paul? He,
5: he, he's not, but very good cattleman. He, he knew how to sell cattle, even if he wasn't behind the mic, so. Yeah. he. he he
2: was good at it. But Did, did it you was sell good his good. auction barn then? Is that how you kind of started or not?
5: Uh, yes. And gradually got a few other jobs at other auction barns and uh, that was how I began.
3: That's and good.
5: Now, I, now I'm almost ready for retirement.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. If <laughs> well, I remember, I haven't talked talk to you for years, but I, I don't think you'll retire very easy, will you?
5: Oh, no. You, you're you're turning the to raise to Luke, aren't you? There.
3: Yeah, well, yeah. Someday he doesn't like to. He can still. I, I tell you one thing. Know. I'm not going to give Ed's age, but he's in, <laughs> he's in the, he's in his mid 60s somewhere <laughs> here and there.
5: I'll raise him. He's if, older than me. There you go. <laughs> you could have went
3: the whole show without me. But if he doesn't, I, 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 well, I'm going to give you a compliment. Okay. And if if Ed wants to sit there behind the mic, I think that guy can still sit here today from eight in the morning till eight at night. I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm very lucky for him to, you know, turn the mic over to me, but if. There's sometimes he likes to sit down. He doesn't like to get cold anymore. So <laughs> when we have a big cold farm, big farm auction, he likes to sit in that nice warm truck and let uh, let uh, let I catch let me catch bids while it's pretty cold and I'm snowing. Just, I'm just trying to build character. in You, that's all. <laughs> yeah, hey, I'm, I'm learning. Not, that's I'm all learning. it.
2: I just want to build <laughs> character. And what, I've always what, said what? I think
3: you need to be a good big catcher before you learn how to auction. So that's
2: true. I think you'd agree with that too, wouldn't you, Paul? A good ring man is a good uh, asset. Definitely,
5: and, and you know. As Luke is finding out, that experience that you have to get the money and get the money, and that's what auction's about. Get the money for the people you're selling for. Whether it's cattle or land or real estate or a benefit auction, we're going to get the money for this young boy Saturday night. And, And you do that every time you have a sale, you get the money for your customer's.
2: Yeah, that's true. It's quite a responsibility, isn't it? I know you. I know you don't take it lightly, and and neither no no successful auctioneer takes it lightly. It, it when you're entrusted with that responsibility, it, it it's quite an honor, really, isn't it, Paul?
5: Oh, uh, it's 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 uh, it it just puts you. Uh, really feel good to have people put their money in your hands, and and know when you get down and they shake your hand and say, "Man, that was a good job." <laughs> There's no feeling like it.
3: It's all worth it. Yep.
5: How so, many yep.
2: Tell me a little bit about the auction uh, competition. What do you what do you think of that? Do You think it's you well, like to compete competitively.
5: I like, the, the, the competitively the, what, I like it, what I like is they never have a repeat champion. So every year there's a new champion. And and I really like that idea. Uh, some of the some of the past champions are friends of mine and and I, I literally learn something from them every time I hear them because they're good, and they can help you become better if you just want to listen and study what they do and, and their techniques. It's it's really amazing, but no two are ever alike. That's 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 really something. I no, think no one I'm sounds my... alike in the auction business.
2: That's true, isn't it? Nobody, there's no two alike.
5: No, no two ever alike. Singers can sing songs like, but we auctioneers. If you tried to sound like me, Ed, think what that'd be like. <laughs> <laughs>
3: I, I think I think you're sure worth imitating. Uh, on that uh, <laughs> on that note, can we hear you auction a little bit, Paul?
5: Oh, uh, we we don't we don't want to go there. Guys. Why, <laughs> not? Why not? Why not? Uh, I'm not I'm not here to, I'm not here to teach lessons. I I called in to to. It. To to get a hold of my friend Ed Spencer and and Luke, I watched you show short on cattle at the American Royal. You remember that? Yep, you did. And, That's and true. Now now you're getting grown up and following Dad's footsteps. and yep. I, I'm proud of both of you for being in this profession. It's it's there's just nothing like it. In integrity and hold your head high when you have an auction and people trust you with their money. <laughs>
3: yep. And like what Kerry t- said uh, when when Paul said here. When Paul said here, uh, when you get down from a benefit auction and somebody shakes your hand and tells you good job, there's nothing, there's nothing, no feeling ever any better or any auction. Well, when when you make your customers happy, you know there's nothing like it. When when you do this benefit
2: auction yet in the night coming up here, when you get told thanks, they'll have the tears well up in their eyes and they'll they'll be they'll be uh, really truly thankful, won't they, Paul?
5: so the, the one the one thing I wish is I wish I wish I had more healing power instead of just generating income for this family <laughs> well that would be I fine. know, that's,
2: that's <laughs> nothing to be taken lightly you know but uh, the uh, money you raise will help get them from point a to point b that, and that's that's what everybody needs you know that, that'll be good that's right yeah yeah it really will be good yep. you have any I, I, funny stories to tell about auctions or anything that's well, ever happened to you throughout the years?
5: uh i i i was more interested in asking you what what's the highest land price that you've sold recently i i just need to know right
2: <laughs> well, land in this area of, of Iowa you know is uh you know it's, it's pretty good uh, yeah, Last the
3: late just lately i guess luke sold one i think but, i might have him beat there paul oh, i
2: don't know if you're doing maybe it well. it's
3: close but mine wasn't on auction we all we also have a auction comp- uh, real estate company and i sold mine privately and uh had a gentleman uh, come up to me and priced it to me and listed it and i called dad up and told him i listed a nice farm and asked him honestly i says do you think we'll get what you know close to that range and dad says you know if you work it hard enough you, you never know and everybody locally told me that it wasn't going to happen wasn't going to happen well one day i was walking out of all places at a sam's supermarket ran into a farmer and he told me that he was interested in that farm he wanted to meet with me and a couple of hours later and he did and yep. he ended up uh, submitting the, the winning bid of 12,000 an acre yeah and right. uh and i think that's the highest one i have sold in you know in our area and there's been some that have you know touched it and got close but um we're going to go to a uh, break here. Uh, we're not done talking with Paul. No, Paul, and, stay on the line uh, here, Stay on the line with it. us, we Paul. Here, and right after fast. break, we'll have a uh, we'll keep talking about land. Thank you. We'll go to break here now.
4: Voice America Business Network: The bottom line in business.
1: As your business grows, are you growing with it? Do you have the right balance of time, attention, work, and personal life? Take the growing pains out of growth and tune into The Business Edge with Marcia Zidle. If you are spending most of your energy managing problems rather than focusing on taking your business to the next level, our program will give you the steps you need to make sure you have everything in place for forward-thinking business leadership. The Business Edge is heard every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific Time, on the Voice America Business Channel. Are you a business innovator, or are you just sitting on the sidelines?
4: We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go, on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio. Voice America Business Network.
1: You are listening to Ed Spencer's American Auction View. To reach the show today, call in to 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to Jana at edspencer.com. That's j a i n a at edspencer.com, and she'll make sure you have an answer as soon as possible. Now, back to Ed Spencer and Luke Spencer.
2: Welcome back everyone. We've still got Paul on the line. We did let, we asked a question there at the end of the last segment or quite well, Paul asked it and wanted to know what the highest priced piece of ground we'd sold and, and Luke had a little better quick memory than I did, but there, uh, there's one, Jaina does our research and she always saves me and she come out. wins. And I guess I win. We <laughs> I, sold, I sold 40 acres for $13,800 once. So that, that's pretty I, good. That,
5: that's, that's all for good, and then, well, the cattle business is about as good as because you your heart's behind the cattle business too. Because I know you've sold a lot of cattle at auction, and and in fact, as many as many as most any of us. And I had the privilege of selling some for three dollars a pound, and really? selling some, selling a whey cow for a dollar Oh wow! It's and, and, unreal. That, that, you know, that's the, really the really cows good. Light, the calves were light. at three dollars, but he, you know, it's nice to see that the cattle business and the lamb business both are going up at the same time instead of on opposite ends. So that's,
2: uh, that's how big a calf was thing. it? You sold for three dollars a pound. Uh,
5: there's there's been several in the three hundred in the low threes, low to low to middle threes, bring up to three dollars. So that's oh, wow. awfully good. And a good way cow weighing fourteen hundred pounds or fifteen hundred at a dollar twenty is a lot of money. <laughs> so that'll help fund buying, buying those acres too.
3: Well, 2 years ago when a bread heifer, bred heifers were bringing what 1400, 1500 for a good bread heifer. And now they're bringing close to 3000 and you got whey cows touching a dollar 20. It's just un, some unheard
2: of. What? Fat cattle today, I suppose a dollar 50 maybe, huh?
5: It, they they did last week. I haven't heard any sales for this week, but that's that's true. That happened.
2: Jaina wants to know she's in the sitting here on the she wants to know what's going to happen to the price of a cheeseburger.
5: Well, do you, does she know how many burgers come out of, a, out of a cow or how many hot dogs come out of a bull? <laughs> Quite a few, a, huh? Quite a few. A bull that weighs a ton will have 20,000 hot dogs, you know. That's a lot of hot dogs. <laughs>
3: <laughs> that, is, that is a lot of hot dogs. That's, hot
5: dogs. That's right. So what do you think? And, that,
3: seriously, though, on another note,
2: we were talking, you know, to tie this in about how auctions set markets and affect people's lives. You know the cost of cattle or the price of cattle today. You know if if you're if you're working on a fixed income or just working a a nine to five job an hourly wage, why it it takes quite a bit of that paycheck to go to buy that beef, doesn't it? Oh, it
5: it it does. And all I can say is, when you after you eat our other choices of meat for very many times in a row, you're going to be sure and come back and have a beef, Have, have something beef on the table. And that's that's what keeps us in the running with some of the cheaper meats that also uh quite frankly you can't eat them every day. That's true. <laughs> you can have beef, you can eat beef every day and most of us that like beef to do that. So
3: Yeah,
2: that's what was it, Sam Elliott that said that beef it's what's for dinner? Yep. Yeah. Uh,
5: that's correct.
2: Yeah, Diesel, that was a great Diesel. slogan that helped promote the beef and, and, and Paul's right. I mean there's once you the, the beef and this cat this uh the quality of beef that's produced here in the United States of, of America here today, that it's just it's just terrific. The the uh, the genetics and things that go into the fat cattle today, why uh, tenderness and, and that's a big thing, and and uh, and the the more meat in in a steer today, so it, there's a lot of value, in and so it's in, in the scheme of things, it's still very affordable, Edmund Paul.
5: That that's that's for sure, and even. You know the bi by- the byproducts are worth more than ever. Also, and even even the grains. One reason the acres are worth so much is because we use the grains for so many other things, for other proteins and and plastics and just the, the yeah. number of items made from both livestock and grain crop is is so numerous today and increasing every day with all the research that's being done.
2: Yeah. Have you been involved in any or kept an eye on any land auctions down where you're at in the Missouri area? Uh,
5: I have, but I'm as as you might you might not be aware of what the Ozarks look like, so (laughs) there are there are I'm I'm aware uh, of that, but I also There are eighteen eighteen hundred dollars an acre timber and and hills and there's the best farmland also brings either side of ten thousand or more. That's what I was going to
2: say. I mean, there's a lot more to Missouri than the Ozarks. It's got a oh, yes. pretty well-rounded state.
5: If anyone doesn't like the weather, in Missouri way today, it will. Come. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's for sure. What other kind of auctions
2: have you sold? You've you've had household auctions throughout your career, haven't you, and things like that?
5: I've had about about every about every kind, and that's that's one thing about auction the auction way. Is there's hardly anything that's not been sold by auction. From cars, I, I've actually attended car auctions and got to got to participate there. Uh, that was really interesting. And, and uh, there's coin auctions, there's antique auctions, every kind.
2: Yeah, Luke, Luke's been having coin auctions uh, uh, for. Oh, I guess he's had four or five years in a row yeah. probably, and, and gets gets along real good with them. And, and there's a lot of demand if they're advertised right. Why well, uh, the people come up and they buy they. Uh, they they generate a lot of a lot of uh, lot of interest, and uh, well, you know I think that's, also that's one, one thing that
5: I I know personally about the the Spencer operation is they advertise correct and 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 very you're very gifted at at getting that crowd there, in. and that that sure helps your customers.
2: Well, that, and, thank uh, you. it means an awful lot coming from a professional like you. Well, it,
5: I I've had to take some lessons from how you do it.
2: <laughs> I don't think. <laughs> I don't think I can keep, take credit for teaching you very much myself. That, so. Oh well, we,
5: could, we, would comp, we we would compliment each other so well if we weren't so far apart, wouldn't we? Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah that's true. And, uh, and then uh, and then, and you're kind of uh, you're involved in auction. You go to bullyard at auction almost daily, aren't you, Paul? Uh,
5: actually, due to the cattle auctioneering, I've actually moved into doing a lot of buying also. And I don't know why, but a lot of auctioneers they they either uh, they they go one way or the other, and usually end up being some kind of a buyer as well. And part of yeah. that's just knowing what the you have to know what your product's worth when you're auctioning. You don't start ten thousand dollar an acre land at a thousand, and you don't start a cow at eighty that's worth a dollar. So by knowing the value, we become buyers many times and called on by other people to buy for them. Yeah, that's true. I do quite a bit of that,
2: yeah, they respect your you know after that many years, why they respect your opinion and your and your knowledge and uh, they're a lot and and they're a lot better off having a professional or somebody that's tuned into the auction business than than uh,
5: in many ways that's that's very true because this market is so fickle about what the value is there that that you you don't it's hard to imagine that you're giving a thousand dollars for a small kid. Yeah, <laughs> so you be, you need to be doing it right, not.
2: Uh, I I, re- I remember uh, you talk about auctions and different auctions and auctions methods. You remember your and I can't. His name on, is on the tip of my tongue, but I can't say it. Out of Brush, Colorado, you remember that who I'm talking about for uh, uh, world
5: champion maybe Ralph, Ralph, Ralph Wade. He's a champion also. Yeah, and I,
2: he's a champion, and I think Ronnie Ball.
5: Ronnie Ball also, and uh, yeah. both of yeah. those guys actually. Yeah. Studied under uh, under uh, my friend from Mexico, so that that's interesting that that they began their careers in the same place. So yeah, they they also rose up and became champions.
2: Yeah, yeah. I remember going out to Brush, Colorado, and hearing Ronnie Ball sell. And I remember when he first started selling, he said, "If you're not used to my method of selling," he gave everybody just a little warning. He said, "If you're not used to my method of selling, he says you might want to watch a I you know, a load of cattle or two before you participate."
5: <laughs> right. Well, that's what, that's what I liked about Mister Buckner and impressed me, Ed Buckner, because he stopped him and, and took care of a young six-year-old boy in the seats me, so he he adapted to the situation and I never forgot it. He was yeah, hero.
2: yeah. Everybody, and I'm the same way. You know, I've had some. Very good mentors and friends, and, and you never forget those. Well, Paul, it's been a very it's been a pleasure for you uh, calling in and talking to you, and I've and uh, love thank to have you on I again. I appreciate
3: it. Thank you, Paul.
2: And we you both do. Down. And and uh, the best of luck to you good and your family. Time. And thank you very very much for calling in. It's well. been a pleasure to talk to you. And, and good and, luck with that benefit auction. We'll, yeah, good luck with the benefit. Get weighs well, a lot of money for that family, and and we'll we'll uh, have you on again if you if you're willing. Right. We'd love to have you.
5: You, you guys just send a check for them. That's that's the thing to do. Okay, <laughs> we can do that. <laughs> I'm I'm always working. I understand. <laughs> I, I understand. Thanks a lot, Paul, for being
3: you know, on. We appreciate come, it very come much. Seeing me, Luke, will will have you sell some cows. Okay. Sounds great. Thanks thanks, uh-huh. Paul. And I'll that'll be uh, we'd like to wrap up, and I'll have Ed cool. here.
2: That's fine anyway, thanks for attending or now attending. But thanks for uh, tuning in to the uh, to the uh, Ed Spencer's American auction View. We had a nice show. We uh, love to have more uh, participation. Uh, we appreciate Paul calling in today and hope you enjoyed that and uh, we'll look forward to uh, to our next show next week. And in the meantime, you're welcome to email Jane at any time and with uh, qu- with questions or comments and we'll see you next week. Thank you very much.
3: Thank you very much.
1: Thank you again for tuning in to Ed Spencer's American Auction View. Please join us again next Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Ed and Luke Spencer hope to speak with you then.